0: Hello and welcome to Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast 5 Minute Food Fact Series. I'm Amanda Hayes, your host, a nutritionist with a passion for well being. I decided to do this series because there is so much conflicting information available about food and various diets. Some of it is credible and some of it is not. It can be time consuming, not to mention confusing, to try and sift through the noise and get to the heart of the matter. In this series, I will do all of that for you and present factual, reliable information to you in a concise and easy-to-understand way. I'll take a moment to let you know that you can subscribe to my podcast, which includes interviews with experts in the fields of nutrition, physical health and mental health, and this 5-Minute Food Facts series on YouTube, hit the red subscribe button, or on your favorite podcast app, like iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. The content of the 5-Minute Food Facts series is for information purposes only, and is not intended to replace the advice of your health professional. Today's episode is about coffee, and I will declare my bias up front. I love coffee, I drink it every day, I take it strong and black, and I get very grumpy without it. So some notes on the history of coffee. It could be the subject of a book itself, and no doubt it probably is. Because legends about the origins of coffee abound, I will simply say that it has been around for centuries. Most historians believe it originated on the Ethiopian plateau. Coffee made its way to Europe in the 17th century, and along with that, coffee houses sprang up and became the centres of social activity. In England, coffee houses were referred to as penny universities, because for one penny, one could purchase a coffee and partake in stimulating conversation. Coffee features in many historical events, like the birth of Lloyds of London in a coffee house. The revolt against a heavy tea tax known as the Boston Tea Party was credited with changing preferences from tea to coffee drinking in America. Throughout history, numerous attempts have been made to ban coffee, My favourite is that of Frederick the Great of Prussia, who in 1777 declared beer superior to coffee and argued that coffee interfered with the country's beer drinking consumption, beer being the customary breakfast beverage of the time. Anyway, I digress. This is a nutrition podcast, not a history one. So what is coffee? It comes from the cherry of the coffee tree. The two commercial species of coffee are Arabica and Robusta. Arabica, originating in Ethiopia, accounts for 70% of the world's production. Robusta, primarily used in blends and in instant coffee, has 50-60% to more caffeine than Arabica. Coffee naturally contains several compounds including caffeine, antioxidants, diterpenes. I'll address caffeine in a minute, but just quickly... Antioxidants are compounds in food that scavenge and neutralize free radicals that is harmful molecules that can damage your cells. Antioxidants will be the subject of an upcoming five-minute food facts series episode. Diterpenes are contained in the oil of coffee and a high consumption has been linked to increased serum cholesterol but it does depend on how the coffee is brewed. On the contrary. Some studies suggest that diterpenes may have a protective role against cancer, but more research is required. In addition, coffee contains a number of micronutrients including potassium, magnesium and niacin. Back to caffeine. Caffeine is the stimulant contained in coffee. Caffeine is technically a drug because it stimulates the central nervous system by triggering the release of adrenaline, giving you that coffee buzz, And it is psychoactive, meaning it affects how we think and feel. It increases the release of dopamine, accounting for your improved mood after a coffee. A typical cup of coffee contains 75 to 100 milligrams of caffeine. If you are not pregnant, a habitual intake of up to 400 milligrams a day, that's about four or five cups, should not not pose safety concerns. You should note, though, that the amount of caffeine varies per cup. If you are interested, I'll put a link in the show notes to an article titled How Much Caffeine Is In That Drink. So what happens to the body when you have coffee? Some effects include improved attention and alertness. It is a bronchodilator and it increases glucose metabolism, improving insulin sensitivity in the muscles. So what are the benefits of coffee consumption? Numerous scientific studies published in reputable peer-reviewed journals have reported the following benefits of habitual coffee consumption a reduced risk of Parkinson's disease and type 2 diabetes it is associated with a lower risk of colorectal cancer and stroke in women Uh, it reduces the likelihood of developing dementia coffee consumption is inversely associated with mortality And a study in Japan found that green tea and coffee consumption is inversely associated with the risk of cardiovascular disease and stroke. So that's pretty good. Just to clear up some myths about coffee causing dehydration, coffee contains, or black coffee that is, contains in excess of 95% water. And according to research, when consumed in moderation, it does not lead to dehydration. There may be a mild short-term diuretic effect from caffeine, but this is not strong enough to outweigh the benefits of the fluid intake from coffee consumption. So are there some risks associated with coffee consumption? One does develop a tolerance to coffee over time, and withdrawal from it causes headache, tiredness and mood changes. However, unlike many other drugs, the addiction can be broken in 7-12 to days. Some people have a specific gene variant that makes them metabolise coffee slowly. These poor souls can feel jittery or dizzy when they consume coffee and have an increased risk of heart attack if they consume more than two coffees per day. It is also recommended that coffee consumption be limited during pregnancy as the rate of elimination of caffeine from the body decreases and caffeine freely crosses the placenta very high maternal intake can increase the risk of spontaneous abortion another grave risk is that if you are drinking coffee in a cafe you are very likely to encounter groups of mammals that is middle-aged men in lycra and whilst not life-threatening it can be quite confronting i want to also briefly mention that caffeine can be used in endurance sport if you use sports gels for example you will notice that many of them contain caffeine This, however, is the subject of ongoing research, which I will cover in another episode of Five Minute Food Facts about ergogenic aids in sports nutrition. So, how did the hipster burn his tongue? He drank coffee before it was cool. Thank you for listening to my podcast about coffee. You can subscribe to Amanda's Wellbeing Podcast on YouTube, hit the subscribe button And while you're there, click on the bell to be alerted when new episodes are available. You can also subscribe on your favorite podcast app, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Direct links to all social media can be found on the subscribe page of my website at www.amandaswellbeingpodcast.com. If you would like to contact me, you can send me a message via the contacts page on my website. Please feel free to suggest topics you'd like to learn more about, and I'll do my best to deliver that to you. Also, and finally, please take a minute to leave a rating on iTunes. It improves visibility and will inspire me to keep researching for this 5-minute food facts series. Thank you for tuning in. Eat well, move well, think well.